What's up, podcast world? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, and I'm truly excited for today. We have another one of my country music heroes, guy I grew up listening to. He resides in the state of Tennessee. He's in the state of Tennessee, which our presenting sponsor is from the state of Tennessee, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Jack Daniels, enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking, but we truly appreciate everything Jack does for us through all of our hunts, all of our travels, all of our storytelling abilities. So y'all support the partners and sponsors that support us today on the show. I am proud to tell everybody that we have Mr. Craig Morgan. Craig, what's going on, my man? Living the dream. As best we can under the circumstances. <laughs> Been kind of a weird year. Huh? I bet you that's about what 90% of the conversations kind of center around in our country is how weird 2020 has been. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the obviously the topic of discussion, not just with with outdoorsmen, but just everyone in general. Um, it's a, just the reality of life, you know, with COVID and and the, the discourse between our parties. It's just uh, it's a mess. It really is. And are, has it being a, the singer and the songwriter with the career that you've established, is it a, a year like this make it easy to find inspiration to do what you do and put pen or pencil to paper? And, 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 and are you always thinking about the next song or the next lyric? And has this been a pretty inspirational year to come up with some good, some, some good songs in your opinion? Shit. No, it's the worst year ever. <laughs> so no inspiration at all, huh? No, man. I mean, you know, we're used to being busy and, and, for me, I operate, I'm this a dominant personality and energy and motion is always good for me. Uh, I write, I've always written most everything I write while we're out on the road because there's such an energy and, you know, we're always moving. Uh, so this being home for extended periods of time, uh, as far as for me, and I can't speak on everyone's behalf, you know, I have written some things. Um, got a writing session coming up in a few days, but it's just a lot different. You know, the energy's down uh, because we're all stuck at home or stuck at our uh, place of work or whatever it is. You know, we're just not getting out as much. I say that now, fall hunting season's coming up. It's going to be a little different. Um, but but for the most part, especially in the beginning of COVID, everyone was, was stationary. Uh, and for me, that just stagnated all of my uh, creative process. When you when you you just mentioned the word, you know, being stagnant, and you mentioned outdoorsmen, and, and when you were talking, also, do you find yourself that you took anything for granted, Craig Morgan? I know that you're a military man. I know that you're a family man. I know some of the hardships that you've gone through in your life. But when that audience was taken away from you, that crowd, that ability to get up and entertain and wow people with your lyrics and your voice, kind of like what we do. We go to Canada every September or October to chase ducks and geese all over Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Manitoba. And that's been yanked out from under us to where that was a given. For the last 20 years, it was a given. We're in our trucks sometime at the end of September and we're driving 1200 miles. We're hunting for 15 days. We're driving back and I'm sitting here going, what do we do now? Is, did you, did you find yourself in thinking about life that way that we do take some things for granted? Oh, I think beyond the shadow of a doubt, uh, if, if this has done nothing else, it's given, it, it has given people a different perspective on how fortunate we are or how fortunate we were or how fortunate we can be if we're, if, or, or cannot be if we're not careful. Um, that's the big thing. I, I, you know, you're talking about the shows. Um, yeah, for absolutely. You know, I, I wouldn't say I took it for granted. I've always been very grateful. Coming from a military background, every day, every show for me was a bonus. Uh, I literally thought I would leave the military for a couple of years, pursue the music. It wouldn't work. I'd go back in the Army. I'd retire from the Army and go to work with the Sheriff's Department somewhere. That was really my train of thought. It's what I wanted to do. Uh, God had different intentions, uh, obviously, and my music became successful. Uh, so I, I can honestly say that I've never taken one second of what was given to us and what we have been blessed with for granted. I will say we do get very busy when you do 60, 75, 80 shows a year. And, and I know guys that do a lot more than that. Um, when you do that many shows and then all of a sudden you're not doing it, uh, at first, it was nice. <laughs> I was getting a whole lot done on the farm. Stuff I've been needing to do for two years, you know, I was finally getting some things done. Uh, traveling, I have a place in Alaska. I was going up there more. Uh, I was really enjoying it. But then, you know, it, it kind of, 
you do an acoustic show for somebody and you realize just how much you love that. And I've just tried to stay busy in this downtime. You know, I said, you know, we've been stagnant and I meant stagnant in the sense that we're not working. We're not touring. Uh, that doesn't mean I've been stagnant. I've stayed busy. I've stayed, I, I try to keep my body and my mind occupied. I think that's the killer of our souls. It's the, uh, soldiers. It's the biggest thing that, uh, I think that's why our suicide rate is so high. These guys get to where they can't, uh, they can't, they just don't, they're not keeping their mind busy and, and occupied with thoughts and, and work and same with your body. You got to do the same with the body. Uh, so I have been doing that, but having said all of that, uh, not doing the shows you do, you know, I miss being able to do that. Uh, there's a whole lot of that, that I miss the interaction. Um, and knowing that I'm impacting people's lives with my music. And it's one thing to hear about it. And when you put the music out on records or on, like we do this, you know, we do our Facebook live thing every other Friday or so. Um, it's, it's one thing to do that and to see someone type something or send you an email or a text or a, or a Facebook message or a tweet or an Instagram or something. It's a completely different thing when you're standing on that stage and you look out and you see the face and you see the emotion and you feel the energy. Uh, you know, it's a different thing. So I think I can speak on behalf of all of us that tour around the world uh, that we miss. We miss that energy. We miss, and that's a part of our energy. You know, I don't want to admit that. I don't want to admit that, you know, that music is a part of big part of who I am. I'd like to think that I am who I am with or without it. But the reality is it's a big part of who I am. And it really always has been. Even when I was full time in the Army before I started pursuing music full time, uh, even before I was a, you know, a full time hunter, uh, music was still very much a part of my life and who I am. Uh, so having or not having that being fed is a little different. It's a little different. So I try to feed it with the other things that I do in my life until we can get back out on the road. Making music and becoming as successful as you did is kind of a, I think about it in these terms and you tell me if I'm way off Craig Morgan is that when you get drafted into baseball, you know, you're going to the minor leagues to play ball. You got a spot. You got a chance to make that team. When you enter the the military, you know that you're going to go to boot camp. You know that you're going to go into which branch. You know that you're going to be into the army as long as you get accepted. When you fill out a, a an application at a job and you say you're hired, you know what you're going to do. You might travel across the country when you get hired by a headhunter. When you make that plunge of saying, hey, I'm going to leave my livelihood and I'm going to go, I think that I could go to the honky tonks in Nashville or wherever I'm at. Do you kind of see what I'm saying? It's like, it's such that, that city chews up and spits out more people than any other city, except maybe Las Vegas in this country. And it seems to me like there's, there's nobody goes there thinking or knowing that they're going to make it. It's almost like a hope and a dream all the time. And then when it happens, I think it would be impossible not to miss it or be like, man, did I take that for granted? Because it is few and far between to make a livelihood, writing songs and singing them and making people dance and smile and cry. When I hear some of your songs, I'm sitting there going, first of all, I got some questions about some of the lyrics, but is, is what I'm saying making some sense? Like you don't really go to Nashville knowing you even got a job unless you get hired at losers to wait a table or something. Oh no, you're, you know, you're dead on. Uh, you're, it's very accurate actually. Um, it's the only business where regardless, I mean, you have to have some skill. You got to have a, a talent. But even all of that, there's still so many uh, factors that dictate your success that are out of your control. You know, if you work at a bank and you're good at math and you're a good people person, you can progress. If you're a uh, if you're a fireman and you're in great shape and you learn your uh, job and uh, if you're a soldier and you know all the, the technical manuals of your particular skill set. Uh, and you're in great shape and you're a good shot and you do all, you know, you can progress. This business here, you can write freaking smash hit songs, sing your ass off and still never leave Music Row. It so happens well every day. Uh, and, and, you know, so it's really difficult. I will say see, that was my great fortune. Uh, I think in, in pursuing the music, I always, for me, I always had something to fall back. Like I said, at the, you know, at the beginning when I said I left the military knowing that I could go back in the army, I, I was going to give it about two years. And within that 48 months, 
uh, or 24 months if I did not get what I needed to get. And I was really, I was seeking publishing. I wanted to be a writer. I wasn't really pursuing the artist thing as hard. Uh, I was really trying to pursue the publishing deal because I knew you could get paid as a publisher. And as an artist, you don't make a lot of money in the beginning. Everybody around you makes money but you. Uh, but as a songwriter, you can make money fairly quick. Um, so I knew that. So that's what I was pursuing. But 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 my I think my great fortune was I just attacked it with everything that I had and every bit of vigor and energy without the concern of failure, because I knew that if I did, if I if it didn't work, I was going to go back in the army. and My life would be fine. Uh, and I think that's the big problem that a lot of people have in this industry when they come to Nashville. They leave home, family, friends, everything. Uh, and, you know, they, they're giving up everything that they have and know and want for, or, or have and, and know for something that they want. Uh, and, and man, sometimes you can get just a little bit of that. And it seems like you're on that road, that path to, to, the, to, the, to the good success, to the extreme success. When reality is just a horrible, horrible little teaser. You know, it's like... A, it's like you write a song and 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 a song uh, an artist says, "Yeah, I really like that." That gives you just enough hope to keep writing for another year, starving to freaking death, living in a <laughs> shitty apartment, you know. And then, you know, you're about ready to go back home to something that you're good at and that you know, and you write another song and someone says, "Hey, I really like that song." <laughs> and it gives you just enough hope uh, so it's a, it, you're right. It just chews people up. And it's not Nashville. It's that business. The same thing takes place in the music industry in L.A., Good point. in Texas, all around the country, uh, even Vegas musicians, entertainers in Vegas. You said you alluded to that. Um, so it's 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 a tough business. Uh, again, my fortune, my great fortune was looking back, especially I had the confidence of knowing that I did not my life and my livelihood did not depend on it on the success. If I had success, I knew that it would be much more financially beneficial for me than anything else I could do in my life. I didn't know that it would be as much fun or more fun than anything I was doing. Cause I love the army. I mean, there's nothing greater in my opinion than going to a foreign country that wants to do bad things to good people in our country and do bad things to those people. That's the most rewarding job you can ever have. Hands you down. go home at the end of the day after splitting some guy's skull cap who just killed 60 Americans, knowing that you did something great for our country. That's what those guys experience. And that's what every service member experience, experiences. They all know that they are doing something bigger and greater than themselves. And, you know, you don't really get that in, in many other occupations. You really don't. It's fun to entertain people. It's very rewarding to write songs that strike emotions. Uh, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about some of those and how they've, how they've, how that's come about, but, but, but this is the business that is the most, uh, unforgiving. And it's the one, it's the only thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot of shit. I've been a fireman, a policeman. I've been, uh, I've done vinyl siding. I worked at freaking Walmart. I've done it all. You know, uh, I've done anything and everything you can imagine. And music is the only business where no matter how hard you work, no matter how good you do, there are still other factors that dictate your success that you have no control over. And, and I don't know if it's politics. I don't know if there's like somebody that holds the magic button down or releases it on music row on 16th and 17th Avenue. I don't know if it's the record executives. I don't country music has changed so much through the radio, the way we access our content and all of the different streaming services. Yeah, um, There's a lot of music in my opinion, that's on country music radio. That's not country music. It's weird that they don't have their own genre somewhere else, but I guess that's, what's making the money. That's what's making the 20 year old girls buy a, a ticket and a t-shirt at a concert do you ever sit in the position that you're at now with the with the number one hits with the sold out shows with all of the success that you've had do you ever sit and think what's happening to country music does it bug you at all or are you going to sit there and tell me it's just the natural transgression of music and at the late 80s the hat pack it went to this and then the 90s it did this and then the 2000s did this and and we forgot about the outlaws and then we forgot about the travis tritts and the craig morgans because i want to go on to country music and hear i want to hear 
Uh, that's what I love about Sundays. I want to hear Almost Home. I want to hear Redneck Yacht Club. I want to hear Trid. I want to hear Chestnut. I want to hear Tracy Lawrence. But you got to go to an alter- alter- alternative country music station to find that now. And to me, that's weird. Is it weird to you or is it just the way it is? It's just the way it is, man. And it's not weird to me at all. Uh, you know, I had a very dear friend of mine, one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest entertainers ever. Uh, and he wasn't, uh, and it's not Garth, you know, whom I love, I've had, I've been given some great advice from different people, but, um, this gentleman told me one day, he said, we all, uh, he was actually, uh, we were going on stage and I ain't going to allude to who it was, but he, uh, he was opening up for me and I, and, and it felt so awkward to me because I literally like his music and who he was as an entertainer impacted me as an entertainer. Uh, and I, I remember going to his bus and I said, look, I'm not going on stage after you. I, I'm just not going to do it. I just don't think it's right. And he said, sit down, Hoss. And I sat down and he said, look here, everybody has their day and today is yours. <laughs> was it Waylon? Nope. Well, you oh, said Hoss. You, you said Hoss. So I just, that kind of, yeah. thought, I thought of Waylon yeah. when he said that. Yeah. But, you know, and, but that, I thought about it after the fact and I thought, you know what? It's a reality. Uh, artists, uh, our, our, our time in the spotlight comes and goes. Now that isn't, that it is an ironic thing in our business. Sometimes an artist will, will come into his cycle and he reaches a, 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 a particular point. Well, it may seem like his pinnacle. And then he starts progressing, you know, on a downward slope, maybe I hate to use that term, but let's, you know, for, to keep it simple, but then something happens. He has a huge hit again. And he's back up there again. So, so, you know, there's a lot of artist careers that do this. I've been very fortunate. Mine's kind of done this the whole time. And every time I'm about ready to maybe semi-retire or something, I'll have something happen that takes me up. Um, but the reality is music is very cyclical. If you, like you mentioned some things, you know, you look back when Ronnie Millsap came out, everybody said he was too rock for country. I mean, now Ronnie Millsap's a staple of country music, you know? So uh, I, there, there's a lot of things in our format that I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm, I'm not crazy about some of it, um, but I don't hate it. And I don't hate that it's there. Uh, some of this uh, bro country stuff that came about, it brought a lot of listeners to Craig Morgan that probably never would have heard of me if it weren't for a particular song that another artist did that they liked. And then they kept listening to the radio and they go, oh, shit, I like this, too. And, I'm, and they tell me Almost Home is my favorite song. I don't really listen to country, but Almost Home is my, I'm like, that's the countryest ass song there is. <laughs> and that's your favorite song? Yeah. And you don't like country? But that's what happens. That's what happens. And, we, you know, anytime anyone in our industry, and, and I, I've, been, I've said this many times, and I will say this till I'm out of this business. Anybody who gets upset about the success of another artist in our genre is an idiot. And there's guys out there whose feelings I'm probably hurt right now. Uh, I shouldn't call them idiots, but I think it's just very inconsiderate because when they have success, it benefits us all. When country music is successful, we are all successful. Um, Like I said, there are people that were listening to bro country that had probably would have never listened to country music if it weren't for a particular song that they heard. I love hearing that. And one thing that comes to mind is when I sat there and watched Stapleton and Timberlake on stage that night, and then it would go to the crowd and you would see little big town and you saw Zach Brown sitting in the front row and you saw Shelton and all these guys. And I was sitting there going, I wonder if they are perturbed that this guy's coming in and Chris had been a a star with the steel drivers forever in Nashville. Right. But not Nashville. And now all of a sudden traveler comes out after he put that one hit, that one single out, what are you listening to? It didn't do nothing. Then traveler comes out. It got a little bit of radio play gets album of the year, but now all of a sudden he's up there with arguably one of the biggest pop stars of our, of our life. I mean, you got Michael Jackson, you got, you got Justin Timberlake. I mean, Justin Timberlake is a star. And I looked at all these other country music stars going, why is this guy saving country music? But then I was like, they've got to be loving this. They got to feel so proud that this guy's up there because he's speaking for all of you, right? Hey, look, here's the deal. Everybody is so funny. You don't see a, you do not see a ton of country artists going over and singing pop songs with pop artists on the VMAs or 
all these other uh, hip hop awards. You just don't see that. You know why? Because country music is more successful. That's why they're all wanting to come over to our genre. They love to be in our genre. And another reason is because the artists in our in our format, I'm not saying, and, and I can't speak, Timberlake's a great dude. I can't speak for every artist in every format, but generally the artists in our format are genuine people. They're, they're just good people. Uh, and, and, you know, people want to hang out with good people. Uh, in our format, our fans are loyal fans, and every other genre knows that. Again, that's why country is king. And they all want a taste of that. They want a taste of that loyalty and that, 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 uh, that esprit de corps, that term from the military, you know, the lifting each other up. And, man, we're not, I'm not offended, like I said earlier. I'm not, when someone in our format does great, man, hoorah, because it's good for me. And that, that doesn't mean that I'm not uh, uh, happy for the other genres as well. We're all in this great big old fat music business. And uh, country just happens to have the biggest slice of the pie, you know. So It really does. It, it, it doesn't bother me. I, I tell you, the only thing that bothers me and, and, and is when country radio, they only, there's only so many spots you can play a song in an hour on the radio. You, only, you can only play so many songs. And by the time you throw in commercials and the DJ talking and all that stuff, it narrows it down. So let's say in a one hour block, they only have room. They only have room for 12 songs. What 12 freaking country songs are they going to play? Well, they're going to play at least three or four of the historically big songs. You know, they call them a gold category. Almost Home, Redneck Yacht Club, International Harvester, Old Red, uh, whatever the song may be that was a, such a big hit that they know that when they play it, the consumer and the listener is going to keep listening, and then they'll want to see what's next. Then they have to play some of the new stuff that's getting a lot of attention. After that, what are they going to do? There's no room. What makes me upset is sometimes instead of playing either a gold category or a new country song that is a great song, they will slip in some rock and roll attempt at a country song. Uh, and, and it don't, again, it don't piss me off or nothing. I just think in my mind, I'm thinking this is a country station and I know this is supposed to be a country song, but it's, you know, ZZ Top or, or ACDC trying to sing, you know, a country song. And that's, that's not country, especially if it's not a country song, that's even better when it's not a country song. <laughs> but is it, but that what I, what I'm reading, what you're saying, I'm hearing what you're saying, Craig, it's like. I think of like Waylon and Merle and George and these guys that might roll over if they heard Florida Georgia Line rapping with Nelly. Now, Nelly is an awesome rapper. He comes from Missouri. He's probably country, you know, where he grew up in that part of St. Louis. Might be a great guy. But I don't know if that's really country. But then on the other hand, you got one of the outlaws, Willie. I think the only one remaining besides Christofferson is you got Willie over here rapping or doing some songs with Snoop Dogg, right? And Kid Rock and these other guys. There, It's almost like... Willie's allowed to get away with that, but he's not being played on top 40 or whatever you call the country genre right now. And Willie's just having fun with that part of his career. Is there any homage to pay to the guys that, and the girls that, that trailblaze this path, the people in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, or is it okay just to keep mixing all of these different genres? Or is it disrespectful to this, the pure art of bluegrass gospel in country music that was always the cornerstone of what, of what the, country you know the country music platform was built on well me personally i don't think it's a disrespect uh you know where the country is i've always said country music is america's music and america is a melting pot of people around the world i mean that's a reality uh my great great grandfather immigrated from scotland um i've been wanting to put bagpipes on a song for the last five years you know <laughs> Uh, Rowdy but, Roddy you know, Piper think, passed away, though. Yeah, yeah. But I don't <laughs> think that's a. Uh, I don't think it's an insult. Uh, I, I think it's okay. You know, there are people who uh, uh, who would prefer to listen to a more traditional country, and you alluded to it at the very beginning of the conversation. Fortunately, now we have avenues and resources where we can do that. If you only want to listen to 
old school country, you can go on freaking Spotify or iTunes or anything and get whatever you want and listen to whatever you want. And I love that. I think that's an amazing thing. Uh, uh, I do miss uh, our traditional local country radio. Uh, I think terrestrial radio has kind of gotten away from that in an attempt to compete with the satellite radio and all of the other social media outlets where people are receiving their entertainment. Um, but, but I miss listening to the hometown station talking about today on highway on interstate 40, there's going to be a backup and, and coming up, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, I love we just it. don't get that. It's a national morning show that's syndicated around the country and they'll throw little snippets of local stuff in. Uh, I miss it when it was all local uh, and, you know, and I don't care what they play as long as it's as long as it's music that our consumers are liking. And that's the reality. You really don't know, man. They play a song and they don't know for a bit. They have to play it for a while to find out if people really dig it or don't dig it. And you can say what you want about Florida Georgia Line, but girl, you're like a thong, a song you make me want to roll my. That was a big hit. Huge people cruise. loved it. Yeah. Huge. And it didn't matter whether you were 20 or 60, you know, it was would you a good pay, would, would you? I know that you don't have to pay for tickets, Craig Morgan, but would you buy a ticket to see Florida Georgia Line? No. <laughs> when you start talking about the lyric and the, the song that hits, right? When you hit it, not hits like on with, with the, the charts, but makes me go, wow, like hits me in the gut, right? Does it, has it ever, is there a conversation that goes on in your head do I sing other people's songs or do I only want to, it seems like artists today are only wanting to sing songs that they got a pub deal with, or they got part of the writing credit on. You've made hits that you didn't write hits. You've made hits that you did write hits. Did you, did it ever matter? Or do you wish that you would have concentrated more on the songwriting part of making those ones, the big hits, or did you take a lot of pride because you were the voice and the deliverer of that song that became a smash hit on the radio. And I don't know if that question makes sense at all, but Makes me absolutely makes perfect sense. So, so for me, I've always had the mentality that a hit is a hit is a hit. And as an artist, you're not going to have a career unless you're having hits, whether it be on terrestrial radio and now satellite radio or through the social media outlets. Uh, uh, you've got to have hits as an artist to maintain a career. It's just that simple, whether you write them or don't write them. Now, uh, being an artist, the one thing I've always been a little leery of, I don't want to cut a song that was already a hit because people have a preconceived idea of what that song sounds like based on whoever delivered it initially performed it. Uh, there are some songs that are a little different uh, depending on, you know, for one, when you cross genres, I think that that's kind of an okay thing. Uh, when I alluded to earlier, you know, the rock guys coming over and singing a country song, um, you know, for them, it's something different. And I feel like it doesn't, uh, it's not like you're recording a, another artist song uh, when you're crossing genres, even though you are, it's a different, like, I'm not going to record old red as much as I love that song. I would never record that and put it on a record because I wouldn't want to try to have my version compete with what Blake did, which was already a hit and people already know. Now, I would sing um, a, a Luther Vandross song. I've known you for quite some time, but the thought of love never crossed my mind. Damn. Because I'm a country guy singing a song that's not a country song and try to deliver it from my perspective. Completely different scenario. Uh, but as an artist, you just I, again, I've always had the mentality, I just want to sing hits. If I can write them, that's great. I try to write towards a record. Uh, if I know I'm going to be recording next year, I'll focus on trying to write more and, and try to produce more quality songs. But if I've got a song that I absolutely love that I wrote, and, and then I hear a song that I like better, and I think it's going to be a bigger hit for me career-wise, I'm going with the bigger career song. Give me one example of one that you passed on that you had to slap your slap yourself in the head after going, damn it. If, like, did it go and become a hit with another artist? Have you ever passed on one that you went, gosh, dang it. Why didn't I take that song when it got, when it got showcased to you? What's it called <laughs> when you, what's it called when a, when a writer or a publishing company shows, what is that called when they give? 
It's a pitch session. They, okay, a pitch, pitch session. So have you ever yeah, they, have you ever passed on a pitch that became a hit, and you're just like, gosh darn it? I demoed a George Strait, uh, a song that George Strait actually cut, written by Steve Dean. I, I'm, and right now the name is drawn. Is, is, I'll think of it during our conversation, I'm sure. But uh, I actually did the demo on the song, and then George ended up cutting it. Now I will say I wasn't. Uh, I was just getting started as an artist, so. It wasn't like I was thinking about that song for me anyway. I was trying to sing it as a demo because I was getting paid to sing the song as a demo singer. Um, but looking back, you know, after George cut it, I'm like, wait a minute. That's the dang song that I recorded. I, I cut on a demo. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that, that happens. Uh, generally, if I find a song I really dig, I got a song on this record that I didn't write. My brand new record called God Family Country. The song is called Whiskey. Uh, I literally heard uh, Anthony Smith on Facebook right after he had, they had written it. He was playing it. I called him up and I said, have you pitched this to anybody? He said, no. I said, it's mine. I want to hold this song. I'm working on a new album. And he said, sure. I held that out. I held on to that song. And he let me hold that song for just over a year uh, wow. before I recorded my album. So think about that. So he passed up the opportunity to pitch that song to a lot of people waiting for me to record my album. Thank God he did, because I think it's one of the biggest songs, uh, one of the greatest, uh, recent written country songs. Where, where, where does it have potential to go with what we just discussed, the format, who's whole, who's controlling the button? Is, does Craig Morgan still have a chance to have a smash? I think that he does, that he should. When you put that song on hold for a year, you thinking like, we want to, we're going to get our radio team to push this and go to radio with this and try to invest in this song to get it to climb the charts. Because there's a, there's an entire part of the business that you could have a 10 hour conversation on, if not longer about how does a song get to the top 40, the top 20, the top 10. And then in the top five and then the number one, there's a, that's a huge business. That's just like a chess game. Um, do you, do you start, do you, do you start figuring that out? Right. When you hear him, Anthony sing whiskey on Facebook, do you think like, all right, this could be a radio gem for us? Absolutely. Uh, but there's, there's so you talk about buttons. There's so many different buttons and different people pushing those different buttons. That's the thing you have radio, which is its own animal. Uh, and you have a record label, which has a promotions team that works the radio people trying to get them to play the song. You've got publishers, uh, you have management, you have publicists, everyone, all of the, I mean, all of these people who are trying to figure out how to make this song, uh, become a successful song. And, and, you know, and when you got a guy like myself, that's been in the business for 20, 20 years, you know, uh, I have I have had every conversation <laughs> that you could possibly have with radio. So when we think about going to radio to pitch a new song to them, you, you know, it's really difficult because I, I alluded to earlier, there's only so many spots and I'm not one of the new guys. And I, 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 and, I and they're already playing so much of my music in what they call the gold category. It's really difficult to convince them to take one of my songs that rates really high to play a song that they have no idea what it's going to do. That's what the promotions team does. And they do that by going and talking to them, trying to get them to listen to it, to play it, at least give it a chance to see what the consumer thinks and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just so many things that dictate that, but we do. Absolutely. I do. The first thing I think about when I'm, when I'm listening to a song, when I'm writing a song, when I'm done with it and I'm moving things around, trying to figure out what's going to be on my album. The first thing that I listen is, could country radio play this song? And if so, if, they, if I feel like they could play it, is it going to be something that our current and future consumers, our listenership, is it going to be something that they're going to dig and going to want to hear? Is it something that's going to make them going to go buy it? Is it something that's going to make them going to want to come to a show? It has to meet all of that criteria or I don't put it on a record. I have never recorded a song just because I loved it. And it was, I, you know, I liked it. I'm a, I'm a, uh, 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 a guy who sits down and goes, okay, record label, management, publicist, producer, which I produce, you know, we all listen together and we all go, okay, you know, unanimous decision. You know, if, if five people like it and one don't, even if I'm the one don't, I will live with it a lot longer. 
If all, if everyone but me loves a song and they all think it's a smash hit, I'll live with it. Ultimately, I have to make the decision. Ultimately, at the end of the day, when the album is done, I'm the guy whose name is on the album and I'm the guy who is to blame if it's good or bad. <laughs> um, but I also know that I'm not, you know, I am, I am one person. And that's why I love sitting in there with, you know, once we've decided, you know, we'll narrow it down to probably 20 songs. And if 15 of them are unanimous, well, those five are gone. Even if one of those five I was in love with, uh, I'll narrow it down because I, I believe that, you know, it's better to have five people loving a song than one. <laughs> when, you're, when your library gets talked about as, you know, the Hall of Fame entries and, and nominated for Country Music Hall of Fame, and they come to you and they say, Craig, you get one song that fit, fit all this criteria that you just explained when you're sitting down with your team of radio, production, everything that goes into it. What is the song that goes on to that ballot that says, okay, this is the one that we want to enter, that, that you knew back in the day, Craig Morgan, that when you either pinned it or you recorded it, you're like, that's a smash. That's what's really going to get the people's attention. I know what I would play in the Craig Morgan Library, like when I would sit in a, in, in a, in a, a room all by myself and hit the play button over and over again. I know what it would be. Is there one one that would stick out to you to put on that ballot? Probably almost home. Oh gosh, dang it. What let's talk just, about it, please. What what is the song about, Craig Morgan? Because my brothers and I are all <laughs> about the we're all about the same age. Okay. I'm 45 years old. And I've listened to that song at least 10,000 times in the last <laughs> 10 years, okay? I know that there's been arguments before, but I've had so many heated, not heated, but really in-depth conversations. Like here is why I think it's about this man is getting ready to go to the Holy, you know, the Holy gates and pass on. But what, what were you thinking when you write it? Because that song is so deep and it has so much meaning to it. But then when you get to the hook, you can't help, but just like sink into your seat and go, Oh my God, he just described my life in a nutshell of the Creek and the tree and the bees and the fishing. And it's like, wow, man. And, and to think like, would that song even get played on country radio today? I don't know, but it is one of the greatest songs ever written and recorded. In my opinion, it oh, is, it's that, it's that good, Craig. It's really that good but i can't well, figure out what you. it really means well thank you uh first for saying you're welcome that. uh and and it does it does still get played quite a bit on country radio uh that that's been one of the bigger blessings song wise in, my, in our lives um carrie kirk phillips and i wrote that song and ironically enough i've heard i've heard this this conversation where people have discussions was he dying was he not dying when we finished the song we never discussed that the whole wow. time. I think we both assumed that each other felt the same way. It wasn't until this song became a hit and I started doing interviews and was asked that question that I talked to Carrie about it. And I'm like, you know, he was, he was definitely dying, you know, and going to heaven. And KK said, no, he wasn't dying. He was just, you know, dreaming. And so both of us, the two writers had completely different perspectives on this song while we wrote the song. But that's what makes, I think that's what makes this song so great uh, is because it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your race, your religion, how much money you make. There was something in this song that you could relate to yourself that touched an emotion in some way. Um, and that, that truly is what, when that happens, and those are rare, I mean, if we knew how to do that, that's all we would do. But we don't. Every now and then we just get that. We get one of those or two of those or three of those. But they're rare that those songs come about. Um, but when it does, it's something so special that you don't even, I mean, you can't even put your finger on it. And even now, looking back, I, I, I vividly remember our writing sessions. And it was plural, not one session. It took us about three months to write that song because I was touring so much. I would come in and write for a couple of hours and I'd go back out on the road and, you know, I might see him a week later and we'd write a little bit again, and, you know, just back and forth and back and forth on this song until we got it to where we felt like it was, you know, a, a hit. But I did think it was a, a great song. I will be honest, though. I didn't know that it was going to be the song that it was. And it truly is a life changing song and not just for me, but for a lot of people that have heard it. Uh, but Phil Billy, my co-producer at the time, I called Phil and I said, Hey man, I wrote this song. Me and KK finished it. And he said, well, sing me some of the lyrics. And I sang him the lyrics. And at the time he had 40 acres for sale out in Hickman County. And I wanted that land. I was trying to buy it from him. 
And he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I, I believe in this song. He said, I'll give you that 40 acres for half of your publishing. <laughs> and I said, man, I can't do that to you. I, I really, I told him, I said, I can't do that, man. That wouldn't be fair because, you know, nothing, if it don't do anything. Well, lo and behold, thank God I didn't do it because I bought a lot more 40 acres on that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Well, when you go, when you, when you meet with KK, do you all, all, is it always in Craig Morgan's mind that this song is for you or do you ever have it that, well, maybe we pitch this to another artist, but when you start writing almost home, is it already a known fact by both of you in the, in this, in the co-write session that it's going to be a Craig Morgan cut on a Craig Morgan album? Well, no, I think the writer side of me always is always looking and thinking about who else could record this. Song. Then tell me who else could have, in your opinion, right now. Who do you see singing that song and delivering it the way that you did? Well, I, I really think Blake Shelton could have sang that song. Uh, a different really? register. I, wow. I think it would have had to been in a different register, different key. Uh, but but he has the uh, he has the vocal capacity. He also has the uh, uh, a certain texture in his voice. I think he most definitely could have done it. Uh, I mean, I wish Singletary was still around. I would love to have heard Daryl sing that song. I bet you he did. Um, I bet you Daryl uh, did. Um, you know, so there's a lot of guys, I think. Uh, you know, what makes a hit song is not the is not necessarily the singer. There is a, di- a special dynamic sometimes between an artist, his character, his vocal, his texture, everything that he has. When it, some, when it marries up with a song, perfectly they become huge hits um but sometimes there's great singers that sing you know great songs and they they just don't marry and don't become you know everlasting hits they become hits but not everlasting not forever hits you know uh you know there was willie nelson you mentioned him earlier willie was one of those guys merle haggard was another one john conley was another one those are guys who when they their voice when it married up with the song, I don't, they spent such great, they were so good at putting the two together, the character, personality, and vocal of the artist uh, up against and with certain songs that they became one and that can never be separated. No one will ever sing rose colored glasses and, and it be like John Conley. No one will ever sing cowboys of all, uh, my, my heroes have always been cowboys like Willie and it be like that you know what i mean and not not to say that christopherson couldn't sing it and deliver it and make it a hit but it will never be perfect like willie's was when, when willie sang that song that stapleton cut a few years ago the uh, last thing i needed first thing to, this morning last thing i needed that song is one it's so well written yeah do, do you think somebody like stapleton pulls that off i know that he's paying respect yes. and homage to willie because he he did pull out and he did pull off he did pull off the george jones song or uh well, I can't even think of the name of the hit right now. Help me out. What is the big yeah. one that he did first? Yeah, uh, I'm thinking strawberry wine. Uh, Stra- uh, no, that's a <laughs> that's Dina Carter, but not strawberry yeah. wine. But your love is. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I listen to so much music. The big well, Stapleton. See, Sta- re- Stapleton. He's a he's a he's a rare animal. I he, think he's rare. He he has a he has a very special gift. He's a very he's such a talented guy. Um, and you notice too, though, he only picks songs, even other people's songs that he, he can deliver them. You know, he's careful to deliver them in. And remember what I said earlier, Stapleton's kind of in his own, in my mind, he's kind of his own genre. He has the ability and with such texture in his vocal, he can take a rock, pop, uh, soul, country, anything and deliver it. And it becomes Stapleton's song. Because don't, don't you agree that he made, he made Tennessee whiskey like bigger than it ever got, right? Like that song just, that's the song I was thinking of was Tennessee whiskey. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like I had to look it up because my mind was racing talking to you, but like he took that and made it his own, but like it became like, I bet you if you ask most people like who sang Tennessee whiskey, they'd be like Chris Stapleton. You yeah, know, it, besides right. somebody like you that knows the younger generation. Yeah. Younger generation for sure. Yeah. I, like I said, I, Stapleton's kind of in his own genre, man. Uh, but I think that's why, you know, he, he, the, the path has gone the way it's gone for Chris uh, early on, you know, with the, with the steel drops, it, it didn't fall in the country. It didn't, you know, it wasn't, it ain't like, I mean, they had a great, he had a great career and they did great things. Uh, but here's a guy who's one of the greatest singers of our time, in my opinion, he comes out with a song that's an absolute smash and country radio didn't play it. Comes out with another song and they kind of play it. 
wins Grammys, album of the year, and awards the CMAs. And you know what? Country radio still don't play him a whole lot. I think he still only has one number one that he's sang, that he so, delivered. I know he's written. So, so that just goes to show you, as important as country radio is, you can still have a huge career if you have great music and if you have great vocals. And, and, and again, he's, a, he's a, a bit of an oxymoron and he's a different animal. He's kind of his own genre, uh, which is a cool thing. He uh, he's he's selling out arenas and doing his thing based on. Well, he was. Well, he was. <laughs> no, no, selling nothing now. So what do you? I know that my time with you on this on this one is coming to an end. I know that you are. Uh, I know that you want to jump in the ocean and swim with the sharks down there where you're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do, are you looking forward to hunting season? Is there a bunch on the plate? Are you? Are you? Are you re- ready to chase deer? Are you ready to? Are you going whitetail hunting mainly? You got any mule deer hunts? Anything out west coming up? I'm doing everything, dude, because we ain't working. You're going uh, everywhere. I actually had a, uh, had a whitetail mule deer in North Dakota next week, but we had to push it to uh, October because of some other things that came up that we're having to do. Uh, got an elk hunt in Colorado. We have whitetail in Ohio, uh, Kentucky, Illinois. Um, uh, where else? Kansas, Missouri. Uh, we're going to be doing elk in – Colorado, uh, I think we might be in Montana. We're going to if 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 the stuff lifts uh, by uh, the summer next summer, we will be heading back to Namibia or Botswana uh, to do some more hunting over there. Uh, so yeah, we have a lot to do uh, in the next six months as far as the outdoor world is concerned. In Looking North forward to that. In North America, do you just load up the Prevost and pull trailers with it? Or how are you getting all these plays? Are you going to treat it like a tour? I used to. Uh, I used to do that a lot. Not so much right now. And if we were working, I would be. I literally would leave, I literally would leave a concert on my bus, uh, and I would go to the hunt, do the hunt, leave the hunt, and go to the next show. Leave the show, go to the next hunt. From My wife doesn't see me much from September to December. So – and I'll take some, I take December off and then I don't see her much in January. And then I take February off. <laughs> All right. Craig Morgan, hot seat, because I know that I, I don't want to keep you past what you told me that you could go today. If you, uh, if you opened up a cooler and it was full of ice, you reached your hand in there, but you couldn't see what beverages were under the ice. What do you hope you pull out? <laughs> uh, man, see, I would never reach in ice for my particular beverage. <laughs> I'm a, room, right. I, I'm a I'm a red wine guy. You're a red wine guy. I'm a red wine guy, so I don't reach in the ice. But if I did reach in there, it would be you're gonna laugh, man. It's a male version of the white claw. It's the it's the corona. <laughs> I I've been doing the Bud Light. I've been doing the Bud Light seltzers. Oh, I just got the Bud Light seltzers. You know why? No carb. Yeah, no carbs. Hundred calories, yeah. and they taste awesome. Yeah. If if you uh, if you could step into the octagon with one MMA fighter of all time, just to see how you matched up, who would it be? Any of them. I ain't scared of none of them. Not even Hendo. I don't care who it is. Not even Hendo. I've already beat Hendo, man. He ain't nothing. <laughs> Hendo ain't got nothing. <laughs> last time, last hey, listen. Last time I got in the ring with Dan Henderson, I wound up in the hospital, had to have surgery. I was nominated for the ACM New Male Vocalist of the Year, and went to the dang awards with my arm completely and shoulder completely blown out. Had surgery the next day. <laughs> wow, Hendo did it to you. No, Hendo didn't do it. I heard Hendo, and I had to wrestle one of his younger guys. And the younger, younger kid wore me out. I was in his, I, I was in his gym last year, Craig, and he hit me with what he said was eight percent of that right. And he, cut, you know, he got me right in the jaw, and I literally got woozy and fell back into the fence in the octagon. <laughs> Can you imagine being Bisbing and going through what what Hendo put no. him through? Golly, no. hits hard. Hits He's hard. He's a beast, man. He is. You talk about animals. That's an animal. Oh my gosh! I love I'm, that guy. He is an animal. But, I love but I'd him still too. get in the ring with him. I still get in there. Would you really? Heck yeah! Just, I just because carry guns. <laughs> so are, are you're not saying it's because you're an adrenaline junkie that you're a great fighter? You just wouldn't back down from anybody. Absolutely not. No. Nobody. There's nothing. Nobody. 
I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I don't know. Death? They might kill me. <laughs> they might kill you. But that's, that's not – all right, last they, one. They might, hey, they might also get a little surprise. Yeah, they, they might, might also – yeah, they might <laughs> – Craig Morgan might put the wax on them. You just you, never know. You get one last wild game meal. What is it? Oh, that's tough. Is it an Big elk backstrap with a red one? Yeah, I don't care. Wild turkey. Is it a duck breast cooked right? Is it an elk backstrap? Is it moose? Is it coos deer? I don't know. Man, one last wild game meal. Man, I don't know. That's tough because I do love moose meat. I love elk meat, but I also, some of the better I've ever had was kudu. Really? Kudu? Oh my gosh. It was so good. I would probably go with moose. Are you, do you cook it or do you have somebody prepare it for you? Oh, I'm cooking it myself. Me too. I'm going to marinate it. I just need 24 hours prep time and it'll be the best piece of meat you've ever put in your mouth. What, what is it served at medium rare? I assume. Oh yes. I, well, God didn't want you to bolt, you know, burn meat. That ain't yeah. what he, I don't think he intended for us to cook it at all. You know, yeah. our, our palates just got, uh, got seized. And, are you saying in so many words, Craig Morgan, that you're a sushi lover? Uh, I dude, I eat, I eat bass right off the, right off the boat. Raw bass. Raw bass. Don't so, yeah, I'll eat any kind of fish raw. Oh, I love raw fish. Just dip it in some soy sauce or a little. Man, you're making me hungry. I got to go. I, I know. Well, man, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Congratulations. Let, let's do this again and uh, maybe get in duck camp or goose camp together and we can cook some ducks together. I, I'd love to do a hunt with you and hang out with you and we can talk more. And uh, we'll do this again. I'm, I'm, I want to apologize publicly for – I know you. we tried it a couple times, and this is why no one ever, just so you know, for future reference, no one ever talks to me directly to book something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll send you and Jerry some dates for the, uh, for a hunt and then uh, we'll get Hendo to come up and do maybe, maybe we'll do a, uh, we'll do a speckle belly goose hunt in California. Hendo can meet us. It's 10 birds per man per day. We'll I'm in dude. I would love to do it. All right, I'll send you some dates and see if it matches up with your big game schedule. And uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go listen to Almost Home right now, man. Congrats on a great career, brother. Buddy, thank you very much. I enjoyed the time. All right, Craig, I enjoyed it too. Have a great day. Thanks, bro. Talk to you later. See you. Yeah, man. That's been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Craig Morgan, what a freaking stud. What a career. Go check out his music. I am proud to know him. Please continue to support the partners and sponsors that support us. This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody was brought to you again by Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the most Americana company, in my opinion, in the history of our great country here. I'm so excited for you all to see what's coming down the pipe real soon with Jack Daniels and everything that we have going on with the provider, all of our cooking demonstrations and exploits we're we're fired up we got new dry rubs coming out new cookbooks new accessories and uh think you guys are going to enjoy them you girls are going to love them we can't wait to get the feedback look for more on the upcoming website theprovider.com we got a ton to talk about including our new beef line so stay tuned for that this has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody Thank you guys so much for the subscriptions and the ratings and reviews. Keep them coming. We're going to keep the guests coming. It's been awesome. Tom, hit that button. This is Leith Lofton. What you going to do when the money's all gone? We're all equal. That's what I think. I don't believe heaven has a bank. Make good use of your time on earth. And don't make a dollar bill all this world. Because I'd rather be poor.